With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. Hey everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I, we get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. Hey, it's going to be your church and your turn up. So listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, so PSG won that game over Leipzig, three zip. The Pacer Heat game is 48, three and a half left, first half tied. And then the Flyers are up two zip on the Canadians, uh, you know, almost midway through the third. They're uh, on their way uh, against Montreal. If they solve them again today, Carver High, you know they're going to finish them off. Uh, the Canadians have not looked the same as they did against the Penguins, shutting them down. They've been, uh, been unable to do that to the Flyers. Even in a one nothing win, they lost. Yeah, these have been very low-scoring games. They've been tight games, but the Canadians have not been able to generate enough offense to win this series. They just haven't. They're getting uh, blanked again today. They've got one period to kind of save their season here because they're not going to win three in a row against this Philadelphia Flyer team. We will uh, get to the rest of the hockey coming up later on. A little bit more NFL, Scotty. Um, you know, we talked about Melvin Ingram and the Chargers. Also with them, I was reading this morning that it's very weird around camp there because for the first time in forever, not only do you have no fans uh, at the practices, but you don't have any Phillip Rivers either. So that's got to be a pretty bizarre scene for Chargers camp. Well, I'm sure it is, but uh, they need to move on. I mean, they've been trying to sell – uh, you know, Anthony Lynn has been trying to sell Tyrod Taylor to us that he's going to never turn the ball over and that he's going to do a great job and he's probably going to be their starter. What a joke that is. He is their quarterback. That's all there is to it. There's no rivers anymore. Uh, they need to stop crying about we have no fans either. Uh, they had no fans in that little soccer stadium they played in. It was a visiting team Shangri-La when you played the Chargers. And they deserved that. After leaving San Diego, uh, they deserve what they got. And now they need to focus on the future. They need to play football. They actually have, believe it or not, a loaded team. I mean, they got all kinds of talent on both sides of the ball. I'm skeptical about all this Tyrod Taylor taking them to the promised land stuff. But I love their receivers. I love their defense. Their secondary. You got to love Bosa. They have a lot of potential to be good. Uh, bottom line was last year, they just weren't, they need to turn it around, not worry about Phillip rivers. He's long gone. He's in nap town playing for the Colts now. So get over it. 
We know there was some talk uh, before camp that Dalvin Cook was going to sit out for the Vikings. He is there, Scotty, but they are limiting his reps. So we'll see what happens with Cook, uh, maybe just trying to keep him fresh for the season. And also, Bruce Arians had something to say about Rob Gronkowski. Basically said he's not in Florida shape. Uh, He can't deal with the heat. It's kicking him in the rear end. Uh, Gronk got to get on the treadmill a little more, I guess, for Bruce. Huh, Scotty? Well, I mean, let's face facts. He's there to catch passes and run over people and to try uh, at any capacity to stay healthy, which he's never been able to do the last few years. That's why he retired the first time. Uh, I wouldn't expect him to be in great shape. I know everyone talked about how he lost all the weight and muscle and then he got it back and he was eating more and drinking protein shakes and everything else. I never thought he'd be in great shape. I've never thought he was in great shape because he was always injured. The guy played with body armor on because he was so banged up. And as for Dalvin Cook, the reason why they're not giving him the rock is he doesn't want it. What he wants is a new deal. So he doesn't want to get injured like your boy McCoy down in Dallas. They cut his ass today. Uh, He got his money, but he's done in Dallas after tearing that quad. He's out for the year. So uh, Dalvin Cook just wants a new contract. The here's your stadium roundup. The Chiefs are going to allow fans 22 percent capacity. I don't know how they got to that number. The Bears will begin the season with no fans, no fans at the Falcons or the Patriot games in September. I mean, I'm surprised any team's allowing fans. We welcome in all of our radio affiliates across the country. Don't forget Sports Grid Radio overnights for all on the bench. Sports Rage, Bagels and Bad Beats. Check us out, sportsgridradio.com. Get the Sports Grid Radio app for free. Download it. You can watch us on YouTube every night. Do the shows. Uh, just search Sports Grid Radio. And we obviously welcome in our great new affiliate, Mightier 1090 in San Diego and all of Southern California. Uh, with that six stick they got down in Tijuana, do Tijuana. SEC released their football schedule yesterday, Scotty. I give to you the 10 best games on the schedule. Alabama, LSU what? on November the 14th. There it is. Florida and Georgia in Jacksonville on November the 7th. You have the annual Auburn-Alabama game. A couple of good ones here. How about Georgia and Alabama? They're going to play this year in the regular season. Bunch of LSU what? games. Florida, Tennessee. It's going to be good if they actually play, right, Scotty? Look, I mean, just leave that up for one second. That schedule right there, those 10 games right there, I could literally live on that menu alone with no other college football anywhere else in the country. Those games right there are so delicious. Who needs the uh, ACC or the Big 12 if I got that in front of me? I can do that every day, six ways till Sunday. Give me those games. Are you kidding me? Bama at LSU, Georgia at Bama, of course, Iron Bowl, LSU at Florida, LSU at Auburn, LSU in College Station, Florida at College Station and Florida in Knoxville. I mean, Neyland Stadium rocks, and they got a lot of hotties there, too. It's unbelievable. No tailgating is bunk. Bring on the SEC. I don't care about anything else. You may not like it. I like it. I think it's awesome. It's great to bet on, too. And really fast, here's the week one schedule for the SEC. These are going to be the games that just take place the first week. It's right out of the gate. A lot of good ones here. Mississippi State, LSU, Kentucky, Auburn, Alabama, Missouri, Florida, Ole Miss. How about that with Lane Kiffin, Scotty? Yeah, and then how about your boy, uh, the swashbuckler, Mike Leach, starting out down in the bayou with a loss in Baton Rouge. (laughs) That's what's going to happen there. Welcome to the SEC, Mike. 
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hey, everyone. It's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. I'm still on my own journey, but I want to be transparent with you because as I was posting all the highlights of my life on social media, I was breaking down. And too many people fall victim to the picture-perfect image of the high life, so I created a space to discuss the good and the bad. We can laugh, man. We, we gonna learn, and most of all, I hope to inspire you to go on this journey with me to better mental health. This is going to be your church, your turn up, and everything in between. So join me on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, a safe space for every kind of person. Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Pharrell back on uh, Coast to Coast. Uh, we bring in Ariel Epstein from the morning after. We like to talk to Ariel regularly on Coast to Coast. Hey, Ariel, how you doing? I'm great, Scotty. By the way, I know you love this, and I, I'm going to put it on social in a second. My dad just hung up a television outside on our deck for football, like of course. I like that. I used to have a gazebo with the uh, giant screen TV hanging over a uh, outdoor expensive billiards. I had the pool table going, the pool, the jacuzzi, outdoor football. I had the cooler filled with booze and beer. I had it all. I had it all. And now I'm living here in New York City and I've got COVID and cops and people shooting each other. It's wonderful. Uh, Let me ask you this question. Notre Dame canceled classes today and moved everything online for at least the next couple of weeks. I think they're going to take it a couple of weeks at a time. Uh, We know that the problems at North Carolina, we know the problems at Oklahoma State. An entire sorority has been quarantined. Uh, college kids having keg parties after the NCAA said no keg parties, no uh, parties of any kind. Too many people. They're uh, blowing off everything that people tell them to do. People are having parties left and right, and the COVID is rampant. What do you think of what's happening at Notre Dame, North Carolina, Oklahoma State, and in general with colleges going back in business? Yeah, I was going to say, it's not just those schools. Scotty. I went to college. A lot of us on this network went to college. There have been things going around college campuses for years. Nothing scares off a college kid. Nothing. COVID's not going to scare them either. A lot of these upperclassmen, too, are living in apartments off campus. Whether they're online or whether they're in class, these students, especially upperclassmen in apartments, are going to go back to school. They don't want to stay in their parents' house and stay quarantined away from their friends because their parents tell them to. They're already paying for their apartments. In fact, their parents are paying for these apartments. The parents are probably glad that at least their money is going to go to good use because their kid's actually going to live in a place that they're paying a lease for. So I think that it's inevitable that these college kids are going to act this way, especially if they're on campus, whether they're in class or not will not matter. It's just the underclassmen that might go home. 
these athletes, that's what the problem's going to be because you could put these athletes in a bubble all you want. The thing that scares me is there could be 100 kids in a college football program. All it takes is two to just think that they hung out with a couple of friends for a night and it was no harm done. So uh, you saw what's happening at Oklahoma with uh, at least nine players. Uh, do you believe uh, Notre Dame's got players? They, they never want to talk about that they have players with the COVID. Uh, they, they just want to talk about we're excited to play in the ACC. Do you believe that it's going to actually work with the Big 12, ACC, and SEC? I've been so optimistic about so many things regarding sports. I'm just not optimistic about college sports this fall. I think it's very tough to keep non-professional athletes accountable. I think that the legalities that are going into this is what's weighing heavy on these on these programs. The Big Ten parents have been fighting for answers. The Big Ten wants to know why the Big Ten canceled the season or postponed the season the Big Ten hasn't said anything, yet the SEC, the ACC, and the Big 12 said that they haven't had any science pointing in the direction of it not being safe. The Big Ten hasn't said a word, which points people in the direction of thinking it's about legalities more than it is about player safety. There have been doctors that have spoken out that that heart condition that these schools were apparently concerned about the doctors that the Big Ten confided in said that the heart issue isn't as big a deal as some have made it out to be. The Big Ten saying that wasn't the reason. Well, then what was? We haven't heard it, and I think that's I, a little weird. I think the Big Ten has already made their a mind up, Ariel, and they made their decision and they uh, publicized it and said we're not playing football. And going back on that now I think would uh, seem ridiculous to me. They're not going to play football. But let me ask you. So uh, we know that they've already made up their mind they're not going to play football, but they're, they're talking about spring football. Nick Saban is saying uh, that spring football would be like JV football because – you know, all the best players are going to opt out and go get ready for the NFL yep. draft. Do you agree that spring football would be a disaster? Disaster is a strong word. I just don't understand how you're going to ask a bunch of players who don't get paid in a sport that they were concerned enough about head injuries that you're going to ask these college football players to play in the spring real games. Then they have to come back in the summer to practice for fall football, because they're not going to have two straight seasons if, let's say, the SEC, ACC, and Big 12 do play. The Big Ten's not going to sit out the fall again. They're going to play. Well, now you have players that are playing essentially two seasons in one year, plus a summer session, which they have to report to. I just think that this throws off so much in regards to the future of college football. If you don't want to play in the fall, then just prepare for 2021. The reason I think that these programs talked about a spring season is because it forces these head coaches to focus on the spring instead of the players and the coaches trying to somehow unionize and find a way into the SEC, ACC, or Big 12 conferences. Ariel Epstein with us from the morning after on Sports Grid. What did you think of the magic today? And are you excited about... The games tonight with the Thunder Rockets and the Lakers Blazers. That was crazy. At this point, between the Nets and the Magic, I'm just thinking when there's like a plus 1,200 money line, I might as well just sprinkle a little something on it because against right. the Bucks, clearly it, it's paying out. I would have done great today. Anyway, I have a friend that works in Orlando, and he said 
he's been he's he's kind of been around the team a bit with the magic uh going into prior to coronavirus and then even has seen a few things of tape and whatnot and he said that prior to the injuries he really thought that orlando could have put up a fight against milwaukee not that he thought they'd win but my friend really thought that just from his eye he thought that the magic actually could put up a fight and i laughed a little bit and said you're crazy but hey i think I think that you're seeing a result of these teams like Milwaukee who didn't need the eight-game restart at all. The Lakers the same. Maybe it is going to be a little sluggish out of the gates for these teams. And then we'll see Milwaukee completely demolish Orlando. They're injured. But in regards to tonight's games, Oklahoma City-Houston, I'm so excited for that series. I think it has the best chance of going the distance. And the Lakers-Blazers tonight, the Lakers are obviously the better team. But I think that I'm just excited it's the Blazers and not the Grizzlies. No offense to the Grizzlies. They had a great season. I just think watching Damian Lillard go up against Anthony Davis and LeBron James is at least going to be something that's fun and TV-worthy to watch for the next seven games, max. So they (laughs) have said that the Blazers don't play defense, and uh, I don't know if I agree with all that. I thought they did a hell of a job in a bubble. And here they are taking on the Lakers. Now, no one respected the magic today. I took the 12 and hit the bet. Now you're getting five and a half, whatever it is with the Blazers tonight. Do you think the same thing's going to happen to the Lakers that uh, they're not going to play that well because they never played well at all in the bubble because the Bucks looked as terrible as they did for the uh, bubble games? Yeah, you know, everyone's going to be talking about Damian Lillard averaged 51.3 points in the last three games before this Saturday, at least. I think LeBron James is going to want to just shush the crowd on Dame Lillard a little bit. He's going to want to come out and say, guys, I'm still LeBron James. The Blazers were one and two against the Lakers in the regular season, which makes me think that the Blazers could get maybe a game out of there. But I think because of LeBron James, who's never lost a first round in his entire life, and then coming in with Anthony Davis, who, by the way, I was surprised that both those guys played as much as they did in the eight-game restart. I think that the Lakers will win this one, and I wouldn't even mind laying the five-and-a-half. So let me ask you, uh, 3-0 pitch, your Tatis, uh, and you've lost five in a row uh, with the Padres. Would you have swung at that meatball they threw up there and hit the grand slam? They hit another one today, Will Myers. They're up 6 nothing right now against Texas. And the fallout from that, what did you think of that? I thought the fallout was Absolutely insane. I texted a friend of mine who played professional baseball, and he said there is no unwritten rule. He doesn't care. He thought it was fine what he did. I understand the unwritten rule. I told this story on the morning after this morning. I said, when I was a counselor at a camp, I my girls, we lost on this soccer team the entire season. The last game of the year, all of a sudden, my girls start scoring goals. We ended up running up the score by maybe six or seven goals. And I didn't care because I said, guys, like we had a horrible year. Enjoy this one. Let's win. The counselor on the other side demolished me. She was mad. I got to run, Ariel. Great stuff. Thanks for coming on Coast to Coast. I'll see you soon. Ciao. Yeah. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. 
Uh, they looked really good today, PSG. I think they'll meet uh, Baron uh, Cam. They've just been unstoppable. I know Leon has been hot as well in this tournament, but I, I got to see it to believe it that someone can knock off that Baron team. I mean, they score in droves. What they did to Barca was embarrassing. I agree. How do you score eight goals against that team? And the crazy thing is, Scotty, you do it in Lisbon. Like that's that's nuts. This wasn't in Germany. That that was that was in Spain. That's that's crazy to make those guys and the stars on that team look like chumps. Bayern Munich has a nice blix uh, mix of uh, youth, experience, and absolutely they're just demolishing teams. But got to give PSG a lot of credit too. The comeback versus Atlanta. We knew uh, Atlanta was a little bit tired from their games in the Italian league. They had to play a lot of them together, but they came back and won that game. But I agree with you. Just the way Bayern looks right now should be a good one though. You know, in soccer we've had a lot of upsets but I got to lean with the German side. So what do you think of uh, Carter Hart that he's working on back-to-back shutouts? Uh, I've never really watched him. Like I've watched him uh, last night or whatever. And today, uh, whatever that game was, one zip, I think it was yesterday. They look yeah. uh, like with that guy in net. I mean, I, I, the whole time they play, I, they score and move the puck and they crash the crease and they get it done and they've been destroying teams. But I've never seen him on the back end look this good. This kid looks, uh, I mean, he looks like Ron Hextall back in the day. It's a good call, Scotty. What's Philadelphia's MO? Achilles heel always been horrible goaltending in the playoffs. You know that as a uh, as a Pittsburgh fan. They could never seem to get the goaltending. I will say this. I haven't been impressed by their offense. That's the thing. They're shutting down Montreal with defense right now. It's been good, but not scoring a lot of goals. Every single game in this series has gone under, but you said it. Philadelphia is shutting these guys down. They they can make plays. They can pinch because they, they trust Carter Hart back there. And Montreal had a couple power plays, great chances. His lateral movement's fantastic. They say beat him up high. If you do you know a lot of the time he gets there he's just he carry prices his idol and he plays like it this is beautiful for philadelphia now they know they can win these games if they get more goal scoring from voracek couturier and some other guys they'll be a lethal team scott so uh it seems to me cam that tarasenko's uh got a major shoulder problem he already had it now it's reared its yeah. ugly head again he's finished clearly yeah, he's definitely out for the first round, and I got to believe uh, they're being <laughs> saying he could come back. I'm not sure about that. Surgically repaired shoulder. He got to hand it to the Blues. These guys, uh, you know, they could have uh, packed their bags and gone, but this is the will of a hockey player, right? Nobody quits. They're down 2 nothing to the Canucks, and uh, they're going to need everybody. But if you're a Blues fan, you like what Ryan O'Reilly did in that game. He took his team on the back and should be a great series with the Canucks. I'm expecting it to go seven, buddy. But without Tarasenko, I'm not sure how the Blues can go in the Western Conference. I think Colorado's a better team, and Vegas is better. Yeah, uh, let me just ask you lastly, uh, do you think the Islanders finish off the uh, Capitals tonight? I was wrong on this game right now, Scotty. we got to be transparent. I had Montreal. I thought they'd come back wrong. But I've been right on every Islanders game so far. I bet them all the time, and I'm going for the sweep tonight. Just because Washington says they're going to win doesn't mean they're going to. I know a lot of teams with their backs against the wall have been resilient. The Islanders and Barry Trotz, no. You can't leave these guys. You can't give them any type of breath. Strep, step on their throat. Hit them while they're down. That's the attitude, and I think the Islanders win again. I just think that they're amazing. Like, they swept the Penguins. Now they, swept, they could sweep these guys. They don't. They don't do it pretty, Scott, but they do it well. This team's just built for the playoffs, and I'm going to ride the Islanders at a short price. Great stuff. All right, Cam, uh, game time decisions, top of the hour. Thanks, buddy. Great stuff in Toronto. Yeah, have a great day, Scott. You too, brother. All right, uh, Carver, hi. Let's stick to hockey a little bit and keep the conversation flowing here on Coast to Coast. Yeah, you and Cam just brought it up. Huge win for the Blues last night. For the first time, Scotty, since they've been in Edmonton, they looked like the team 
that won the Stanley Cup last year. They played well. They had tight checking, got a couple timely goals from Ryan O'Reilly. They will now play a game five with the Vancouver Canucks tomorrow with that series tied to a piece. How about the Bruins in the third period last night, Scotty? Down 2 nothing. They couldn't get anything going, and then they absolutely dominated Carolina in the third. They score four unanswered goals, and then actually uh, Carolina did get one in there, and their first shot of the period came 19 minutes in. They got it to 4-3, but what a meltdown by Carolina in the third period last night, Scotty. Yeah, I have to say uh, a couple things. A, I, I thought O'Reilly was incredible uh, on the ice uh, at both ends for the Blues, and they played like champions for the first time since they've been uh, in this entire bubble. I mean, I, I think that you know this the game they won before that in overtime was great, but this was really impressive the way they played last night. And then as far as the Bruins, honestly, again, I'm going to use the – I think they've got – a uh, penthouse suite inside of Reimer's head that they're leasing for the remainder of this series. If that kid isn't worried about uh, the Bruins, he should be because they had that game in the bag and the Bruins erupted on them like a volcano for four in that period. And it was embarrassing. And there's no way that kid's not going to think about that. No matter what the score is, no matter what period it is, he knows that in the third or at any point of that game, he could melt down like an ice cream cone. Like he did. Don't tell me that's not in the back of his head. Cause I think it is. I think they got in there. They're living in there. They're like cockroaches. And when the lights go on, they scatter. But I think the, Bruins own him now mentally. Yeah, I think that if I'm Rod Brindamore, I'm going to start Peter Morazic tomorrow uh, in that game five with them down uh, three games to one. Uh, Avalanche embarrassed the Coyotes yesterday, seven to one. Uh, here's That's Rick over. Tockett, your buddy, your buddy, Scotty, uh, former Penguin Rick Tockett. He was not thrilled after the game. Here's Rick. We've all been in life and been embarrassed before. I've been, I've played hockey. I've been embarrassed for all of it. I can't tell you a guy that played well. Uh, we are embarrassed. Um, Colorado, had, they, it was, you know, men against boys today. Um, saying that, we lost one game. I'm going to give the, the positive turn on it. We lost one game. <laughs> well, I think they lost more than that. I think they lost the series. Uh, I think they're dead uh, to rights. You lose 7-1. to one, I mean, you are finished. They are uh, being outclassed. In this series, and they are clearly being uh, outskated. I mean, this uh, Colorado team with the speed that they have, it just creates so much uh, opportunity. And the Flyers just won that game 2 nothing. Back-to-back shutouts for uh, Carter Hart. He was incredible. But uh, the Avalanche are just flat out on a different level. They're up here. And uh, the Coyotes are down here just glad to be in the playoffs. I think Target's done a hell of a job in the desert, no doubt about it. But the Avalanche mean business. They're a Western Conference final participant in my book. Yeah, I'm looking forward to a potential Vegas-Colorado West final if we can get there, Scotty. Let's see if they can continue to move on. The Lightning are now up 3-1 on Columbus. You know, Scotty, they've had to play Columbus's game here uh, throughout this entire series. But these last two games, they have found a way to win even playing Columbus's game. So nice job by them. They'll have a chance to close out the Jackets tomorrow afternoon up in Toronto. We'll see if they can do that. The NHL for the third straight week, no positive. They have had a positive test since they've been in these two bubbles. Let's get quickly to tonight's game, Scotty. We've got three more after this Philadelphia win this afternoon. 
Big game five between Dallas and Calgary is going to get going in about 10 minutes here. This has been a crazy back-and-forth series. Stars are a slight favorite tonight. You've got the Islanders looking for the sweep in Toronto against the Capitals. And late night, Vegas looks to close out Chicago. They are up 3-1 in that series. I'm going to take the goal and a half with the Flames and the money line. Look, uh, this is a huge game for them. If they lose this, they're losing the series because they blew the last game. They had it 11 seconds left. They melt down. Stars score. Stars beat them. Uh, and I think that really hurt the Flames. If they don't win today, they're dead meat. Islanders have been way better than the Capitals. Let's get real. And Vegas finishes off Chicago tonight. Uh, they're just on a different level as well. Look, it's going to be really interesting to see if Vegas – can handle Colorado's speed. I know they've met a lot and played a lot, but, I mean, the speed is the icebreaker in everything in sports. If you got more speed, you got problems for whoever you're playing. I think Colorado has more speed than Vegas. I think Colorado has more speed than anyone in the league except Connor McDavid, but he's a one-man show. Dreisaitl doesn't even have that kind of speed. I'm talking about Colorado across the board. They got six guys that can haul ass. Let's talk UFC now. I got to bring Mafia in here. A lot happening. Let's start with uh, John Jones, Mafia, vacating the light heavyweight belt. He's going heavyweight. Does this make sense for you? Well, something he's talked about for a while, something he alluded to Saturday night during that title fight and something he apparently did officially uh, yesterday. We talked about that on the show that he talked to the UFC, tweeted out that he officially vacated the belt. He's talked to him for a while about moving up that, that that extra challenge. You know, I always thought it would be that he'd try to do the two belt thing that Cormier did, you know, become greatest ever type of deal with holding the double belts. But he decided just leave one behind and move up to heavyweight. He talked about in his tweets how and look at the size of his family. His brothers are huge, so he thinks he can put on the weight no problem. I don't know. Might be a little dicey. All right, so let's talk about Habib Nurmagomedov. He is uh, fighting Gatchi. He's already saying if he wins that fight, uh, it's GSP. That's who he wants. If they can somehow get, that's who his father wanted him to fight his whole career. He really wants that fight. Will they be able to make uh, GSP come out of retirement? Can Dana do it and pull off a mega fight with Habib? And he also said if that doesn't work out, uh, he would fight McGregor again if he beat Poirier. Yeah, he definitely has to get another win against a top opponent before you throw him in there against Khabib with how he got dominated against him. He's only fought once since against Cowboy. He was a badass, but, you know, in the way, way waning years of his career right now. So it's not that impressive to say, okay, put him back against the champ. There's other guys who have done more in the time that Connor's been sitting on his ass and deserve a better shot. So obviously he needs a win to get there. Maybe they get the GSP fight. I don't know. We'll see if he can drag him out of retirement. I mean, the guy certainly looks in shape. I saw him on Instagram this weekend just looking more jacked than I could ever hope to be still. So it's not like the guy's sitting there getting fat, lazy, drinking Molson Canadian. He's ready to go on the moment's notice, it seems like. So if you give him enough money, maybe he'll come back and he'll be intrigued enough to fight the champ. They're talking about him having to get on the WADA and all the drug testing again as if he's on drugs or something. I was reading about all that today. If he could clear the tests, that's kind of creepy. Ben Askren basically called sugar a femme for going off on a stretcher after that fight. Do you agree with that? No, not at all. The guy had an injury, and he didn't even want it. His coach came out and said after Askren's comments, he said three times he didn't want to go on the stretcher. They made him do it. You got to make sure you don't hurt yourself further. That's the smart thing to do. All right, we're going to come back, and I'm going to talk to Bellator's Ryan Bader on Coast to Coast. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. 
Have you written a book and need some insight into what comes next? Or are you passionate about cooking and want to know how to make it your career? Or maybe you just want to hear insider stories about the entertainment industry. Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. And on our podcast, Two Guys from Hollywood, we bring our expertise to the table with, of course, delicious cocktails and all kinds of recipes for you to try at home. So grab a drink and join us. We've got a wide range of celebrity guests and Hollywood insiders to discuss pop culture, publishing, and entertainment. And we'll provide you with an unfiltered and sometimes brutally honest show about Hollywood. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. It's a pleasure to have our buddy uh, Ryan Bader back on uh, the show. He's been on the radio show before. The champ, uh, two belts, light and heavyweight champ. Only guy to ever do it in Bellator. How you doing, champ? Good to see you, brother. I know you're excited about Friday at the Mohegan. Uh, We'll talk about that fight uh, in a second. But I I have to ask you, you know, you fought in like the ultimate fighter. You fought in, in front of 30 people. You're going into this Mohegan with like nobody there. My guess is that's not even going to phase you at all. You're probably going to take advantage of it mentally, not having chaos around you. You'll be able to think. You'll be able to be your uh, focus driven on just dealing with Nemkov instead of uh, dealing with all the BS. Yeah, it takes takes all that hoopla away. You know, I get to go in there and uh, just do my thing. I've been here before in the Ultimate Fighter. Um, you know, we get to get to the arena. I mean, we're here in the Mohegan Sun, the arena's in the hotel, but we get to go down there, you know, uh, hour before, um, I get to walk in like it's hard Friday sparring. That's why I can beat at my best while I'm relaxed, cool, calm, collected. So I'm looking forward to it. Something different, different for sure. Yeah. I think it's cool for you. Uh, you've blown me away what you've done, uh, in Bellator, how fantastic has it been for you from the deal with Scott Coker to uh, what you've accomplished? You've destroyed everyone. I've seen you fight every guy in there, all of them, King Mo, Fedor. It doesn't matter who they put in front of you. You have become such a rock star with Bellator. It's had to have fulfilled your career and life. You've done it all at the collegiate level and everything else. But are you getting your rocks off with Bellator? You seem really happy, dude. Yeah, you know, I, I did 20 fights in UFC, and it came a time where when I wanted to kind of be in control of my own destiny, met with Scott. Um, you know, we had a great meeting, and a lot of it was like, hey, are you willing to do things like fight a heavyweight, fight in Japan, and be open to different stuff? And that's what I wanted, you know, and uh, bet on myself, came over, and uh, and got a title shot, you know, after my first opponent, you know, got hurt right away in Madison square garden, won the light heavyweight championship. And then from there, I defended that went into heavyweight grand prix, you know, three fights. And I was a champion. I did it beating one of the greatest of all time in Fedor Emelianenko, you know? And so, um, it's been a crazy ride, uh, renegotiated new contract. So I'm super happy. I mean, that's great. Uh, you, you have to like their business model. You've been on both sides, uh, with Dana and the UFC and they did a lot for you. 
And then yep. you had your chance at freedom and free agency, and you uh, were able to take advantage of that. And Scott's a really cool dude and a friend of mine. I thought he did you up and then did you up again. Uh, you have to appreciate the way he runs his business. Yeah, I definitely do. You know, and uh, um, I never speak bad about the UFC at all. I love my time there. I fought 20 fights there. I started there, ultimate fighter all the way through. Um, but for me, it was all about opportunities, you know, and when t- time came, you know, and after meeting with Scott, you know, and everything I just talked about, I was all in, you know, and I, I've been making the best of it. Um, you know, like I said, I love being in control kind of, of, of my own career and own destiny and, uh, I'd like to continue that on on Friday and I'm just having a blast out here. I really am. So Friday, it's on uh, Paramount and DAZN, 10 o'clock from Mohegan Sun in Connecticut. It's a really cool place. I've been there a million times. Uh, let me ask you about Nemkov. Here he comes at 205, kind of out of the woods, but not so much for fighters. You know, against uh, uh, Davis, I thought he was incredible. Carvalho, I thought he fought well. And, and McGeary, you have to at least respect how he's got in this position to take on you, the master of ceremonies in the Bellator, every division in light and heavy. You're the king. So what do you think of him? I know you're at least buying into what he's done. Oh, yeah. I've been watching him for a while. And, um, you know, I, I really, we have one opponent, right, that I can, can gauge it off of. The other, other guys, I haven't been in there. You know, I don't know how good they are and all that. But when he was in there and beat Phil Davis, you know, that's one guy I've fought twice. I've wrestled in college with. I know how good Phil is. And, uh, you know, and Nemkov went in there and beat him. Uh, did very well. And, you know, Nemkov is in his prime. He wants this badly. Um, he's a younger fighter. You know, so I know I have my hands full. And um, I've been, you know, I was fought it that light or the heavyweight tournament and defended that belt because Bellator asked me and, and Nemkov during that time has, you know, risen in the, in the heap of 205ers and clearly, clearly is the number one contender. So um, I'm looking forward to that as my first fight back to light heavyweight It's a tough test, but I'll get it done. So when you train, uh, Ryan, in these times uh, with this COVID and you have to worry about all those things and your family, your wife, Daisy, your two kids, son and a daughter, what's that trip been like for you? Yeah, you know, we are pretty fortunate to have a building that it's not open to the public. So it's, it's we don't have the public coming in and training at all. Um, and I basically kind of ran a skeleton crew of, you know, three, four five good guys, my training partners that I was going to use throughout this camp. We got tested, you know, every two, three weeks. Um, it kept it really clean and safe and for everybody. And, and uh, it's worked out. And uh, so basically we didn't miss a step, you know, um, although we, we didn't know who we were fighting, uh, let alone what weight class, you know, four weeks ago. Um, but we were told about four weeks ago, we're fighting light heavyweight. Um, my weight is good perfectly right now. Sitting where I want to be. And, uh, passed the COVID test we both did. So here we are. And I'm just glad, fortunate that it's finally going to happen. How great is it for you to, I mean, think back to your days in Tempe and now you're chilling in Chandler. Uh, I used to live in Flagstaff. How much does that mean to you, uh, being in a desert state to be, uh, representing and, and go back to your college days and to see what you did with the Sun Devils as a wrestler and to see what you've done with your life and what you've been able to afford your family, the money you've made, the fame, uh, taking care of your kids, having a family and having kids, all that's happened to you. 
Can you even believe it? Uh, no, not really. You know, I, I don't take too much time to kind of reminisce or look back. But, you know, um, my younger self, my, my college wrestling self would be definitely be proud because, you know, I did want to do something different. You know, I, I um, right out of college, I had a, a nine to five sales job while I figured that out, what I wanted to do. And, um, you know, this is exactly where I wanted to be. If you ask my 18, 19 to 21 year old self, uh, you know, so. And it was a leap. You know, I took a, a leap of faith when I, I was fresh out of college, you know, fighting. I fought for free. I fought for 200 bucks. I fought in bullfighting ring in Mexico, got on the ultimate fighter, fought 20 fights in UFC, you know, and, and this hard work has paid off, you know. And so I love just being, you know, it's very freeing having this occupation. I, I obviously train hard. I'm, uh, I'm, you know, in it to do everything I can to, to, to win every fight I can. Uh, but I also have the time to spend with my family and do what I want to do also. When you were a kid, though, when you were wrestling at, at Arizona State, you had to be tripping that, uh, what am I going to do with my life? Uh, you know, maybe I'll be a wrestler, a pro wrestler. Uh, how am I going to make a living? Uh, you had to be worried when you were, you know, 22 years old, when it all came to an end, all your glory, all your championships, everything you did uh, on the mat. And, and you had to be just freaked out. And then all of a sudden you're saying you're fighting in bull rings, you're fighting for 200 bucks, you're <laughs> fighting for free. Then all of a sudden you're, uh, doing the ultimate fighter and then you're getting contracts and you're fighting in front of packed houses. Can you believe what's happened to your life? Like, fiscally, you know, making money and, and turning your wrestling career in college that ends. And then kids end up being sales guys or working wherever, and their lives are miserable. And you've had this glory run. Can you even believe that that happened? Cause I know you had to be freaking out when you were a kid. Yeah, I know I'm in a very fortunate position. You know, um, I think every kid out of college or not even out of college is every kid when it's time to enter the real world, they're like, all right, you know, they have high hopes and they're like, all right, I'm going to do this and make a bunch of money and do this or whatever. And then you realize you get kicked into the real world and you're like, oh man, you know, here we go. And, and, uh, I'm not happy. I'm miserable or this is what I'm going to do the rest of my life. And so, um, that's why I kind of, I took a, a leap and said, you know what, I'm going to train. I still had that job. As soon as I was able to have a, a small sponsor, I quit my job and went full-time in May. I said, I'm going to give a shot. I don't want to look back, say what it could have, should have, you know, and, and here we are what, 15 years later, you know, and I'm still at the top of the game and, and, uh, have the freedom, you know, the finances and all that to, to have a great life. Cause my, my biggest thing is I don't want to ever lead an unfulfilling life and look back and say, man, you know, I wasted, wasted my life working a job. I didn't want to work at, you know, you know, just trying to, trying to survive and feed my family. So like I said, very fortunate and I couldn't be happier. I, you know, I've done a lot of shows, uh, on the road. I, I did the grand Sierra up in Reno. Do you ever get back home? Do you have a lot of family and friends there still? Uh, do you ever try to go back? Yeah. You know, we have, uh, my parents are out there, grandparents, cousins, you know, aunts and uncles and stuff like that. And, uh, try to get back there at least once a year. We're actually going to go back up, um, after this fight, you know, take the kids in Tahoe. We're about 30 minutes from Tahoe right. anyway. In Reno. So, um, take them up there and we, uh, you know, have the kids see the grandparents and all that. They usually come down to Arizona. So we love to go up there too. 
It's awesome there. Uh, don't tell anybody because it'll ruin it. I have to look at the, the names of the guys that you fought. I'm friends with Matt Mitrione. He's a tough mother for uh, King Mo, yeah. Phil Davis twice. Fedor, you had to be freaked out uh, even having the chance to fight that legend. And then you go back to the UFC career. Sugar, uh, Evans, uh, St. Prue, Rampage, uh, Little Nog. Can you even believe the fists that have hit your face and the people that you punched and kicked in the chest and in the head? Can you even believe it, dude? Yeah, you know what? I, like I said, I don't really like reminisce too much. Maybe, you know, when I'm done, I can go through it. Um, every once in a while, too, like fight week, I do like to kind of go through that record and remind myself of who I fought, who I beat, you know, how good I am, you know, because fight week, you have all these emotions going through. You're excited, nervous, all, everything. And so, um, I like to kind of give myself a little ego boost when, when you need a fight week, when you're sitting in your hotel room for hours on end and, uh, kind of get you pumped and say, you know what? I am the best in the world. I'm going to go out there and prove it again. That's great. Listen, I think it's fantastic what you're doing. I love Coker. I like what Bellator is all about. You got great fighters, great shows. I'm glad everyone's healthy. I couldn't be happier for your career, dude. It's always great catching up. Thanks so much for coming on Coast to Coast today. Good luck against Nemkov Friday night on Paramount and DAZN. You're incredible. You're a great champ. You're great for the sport. Uh, congrats on your beautiful wife and your son and your daughter. Have fun back in Tahoe, and good luck Friday night in Mohegan, brother. I appreciate it, my man. Thank you very much. All right, there he is, the champ, uh, Ryan Bader, hanging out on Coast to Coast. I bring in Mafia again. Can we get Mafia back on there? What do you think of uh, Ryan's career? It really is incredible what he's accomplished outside of the UFC, and he's become the king of Bellator, what he's done holding two belts, only guy to ever do it. Listen, you rolled off the names there that he's fought. You know, not only in Bellator, but the UFC. You know, at least half those guys are probably, you know, legends, if not Hall of Famers in the sport. Peter Emelianenko is one of the best to ever do it. You know, we talked about him a lot last week because people were talking about, of course, Stipe and Corbin are the greatest heavyweight ever. And a lot of people say, yeah, they're the greatest heavyweight in the UFC, but they're not Fedor. He's fought Fedor. He's fought the best ever. in a weight division that wasn't his and still beat him wasn't in his prime per se, but still was just a badass fight. Did exactly what he wanted to do, dominate him. And he's done that to so many guys that had great careers in MMA. So it just shows how badass he is. How about uh, Shogun? They're going to have the uh, Shogun rematch with Craig uh, th that everybody's been wanting. They're going to make that fight happen. Yeah, that was a questionable ending in that fight, the decision, the way it went. So, you know, the way that Shogun is right now, there's not the guys they are going to put him against in the top of the division, per se. So that's an interesting opportunity for him there to kind of rectify and put a stamp on it that he is the best and better than Craig. And we'll see if that's how it goes in the second fight that they have. All right, Canelo and uh, Yildirim have been ordered by the WBC to fight for the vacant super middleweight title that uh, is available right now. So we've waited. That's the one that Benavidez Canelo gave fight. up last week. That's right. So now we're finally going to see, allegedly, uh, Canelo fight somebody. The last two fights have been canceled. So we'll come back and wrap her up on Coast to Coast on a Tuesday. Check out SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
right, for all back on Coast to Coast, a sad note uh, this evening as we uh, head into the uh, nighttime uh, game time decisions, top of the hour. Uh, Dale Howardchuck, Hall of Famer, uh, 57 years old, passed away today uh, of stomach cancer. He'd been fighting it forever. Carver High, a uh, guy played 16 seasons in the NHL. He was a gamer and uh, into the hall in Toronto, no doubt about it. A huge loss for the NHL family. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, played with the Winnipeg Jets for a long time. They actually showed, Scotty, uh, Dallas coach Rick Bonus uh, before the game here just that just started. You know, he played with Howard Chuck and coached him. He was very emotional. They showed him up on the video board before the game in Edmonton. So a uh, very tough day for the NHL all around. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Uh, a tough loss. Uh, now, as far as the hockey, Flyers won 2 nothing over the Canadians. Back-to-back heart shutouts for uh, Philadelphia. Flames stars, about 13 minutes left in the first. No score there. Caps, Islanders at 8 Eastern. Blackhawks and Vegas at 10.30 Eastern, roughly, those games. Baseball right now. Rockies-Astros 1-1 in the 11th. Runner on second. Giants 6-1 on the Angels. End of five in Anaheim. Padres, Rangers, 6-4. The Padres are up after a Will Myers grand slam. They're up two runs, top of the fifth. Padres have runners at first and second, one out there. NBA, great game going on. Heat and Pacers, 81-80 Heat after three. The Magic, 122-110 over the Bucks. That's a final. Orlando takes game one. Blazers, Lakers tonight, 9 Eastern TNT. Uh, The next game up, Thunder Rockets after the Heat Pacers. Uh, That one also on TNT at 630. Uh, One other note, Carver High. uh, An Instagram model said she hooked up with seven members, allegedly, of the Suns in one night. That's a terrific effort by her. I mean, that is an incredible performance. And a Utah man threw his wife in a river during a fight over dinner arrangements. That is a brilliant power play right there. Throwing the wife into the agua. Down the river she went. Good night, everybody. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon.